0: Recovery means to me is freedom and peace. There is hope. Recovery is awesome. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. There is hope.
1: Recovery is possible. There is hope. Recovery to me means freedom. Recovery is possible.
0: Recovery works. Recovery is always possible. It's fantastic.
1: Progress, not perfection. Recovery is possible.
0: Recovery works. Recovery is a journey, not a destination. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks Podcast. I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director.
1: And I'm Leah Wetzel, uh, Drop-In Center Coordinator with Montana's Peer Network.
0: You actually have a lot more titles than that, Leah.
1: Like, that's why I always struggle. I'm like, Technical Assistant, li- Liaison trained, certified
0: Peer Supporter. Yeah. What's your title with the MMIP? What's your you're the president?
1: I'm actually the director now, but director.
0: it's still
1: still I mean, we got our first bit of funds. Um, it's not a paid position. I just say advocate because I feel like executive director is kind of like big thing. And
0: is that your official title?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Executive director for mmip Montana? Is that what you guys are called? Because you changed your name, too.
1: Yep, Big Sky MMIP. Big
0: Sky MMIP. Well, nice.
1: But I did I did hear a rumor, and I don't know if it's a rumor, but um, our friends at Department of Justice, because the human trafficking realm and the MMIP realm are so separate, which is different because mm-hmm. we represent both worlds. Mm-hmm. But we really get engaged with DOJ and the Attorney General's office because they put their money where their mouth is like uh, the MMIP it's only been extended two years two years and now it's been extended ten years so hopefully they can get some momentum but anyways uh, the our friends over there said they wanted me to possibly get on get a position on that state MMIP
0: oh wow that'd be great
1: yeah as a you know just sitting on the board or you know
0: Mm -hmm. as an advocate
1: as an advocate yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah. well that's great I mean you're doing all this good work and and it's hard I mean you got to travel around right like that's one of the things I know for me for years all the traveling and like kind of disrupts your disrupts your life you know it's like you're passionate about it you want to do it but then at the same time it's like man it throws stuff it's sort of out of your schedule out of place and it's hard to be you know
1: yes yeah. and I think about you a lot when I'm traveling too like from the very first time I was able to take a trip for NPN by myself mm-hmm. I th- would think about you and like because You know, you're out here pioneering this realm of work by yourself for so long. And I'm like, I don't know how I look at people like you. And I'm like, how did they do it? Because you find out real quick what people are about. Like they say they want to help and say they want to do these things. But like this is four years of not getting paid for it. And that's not my number one priority. Yeah. My number one priority is, you know, empowering families and advocating and and those types of things. But definitely, yes. Like it really throws a person off, especially just moving into our house, moving for three days, and then having to wake up early and been
0: They'll on the travel. Road. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's hard. That's one of the things, I mean, being a being a peer advocate and you get these opportunities and uh, to speak to different groups and they're all over in different places. And yeah, you travel around and. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's the 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 mystique of staying in a hotel is wore off, (laughs) It wore off a long time ago yeah you know i mean it's like you know there was a time when it was fun it was like oh cool another hotel you know like
1: yeah (laughs) and now first thing i do is i go and i touch that bed
0: and i think gosh
1: i wish it was my bed
0: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah exactly exactly It
1: it does it it gets old
0: it does and the eating eating out all the time Uh -uh. restaurants (laughs) that gets that gets really old yeah I kind of I really kind of burnt myself out on it on the traveling you know I put I had this car um this is a couple cars ago I mean I put like a hundred thousand miles on my car driving Mm -hmm. around developing behavioral health peer support specialists and that, that's no kidding. I mean, that's real. Those that's real miles driving around um, to every corner of the state presenting and, you know, and yeah, it just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy now I have people like you <laughs> and you go around <laughs> and you get to do it. But, you know, you know, right. I mean, there's <clears throat> right. There's other staff now. I mean, back then there really wasn't. And, you know, it was a lot harder, had to kind of juggle everything and had to be the person, but.
1: But it's good for us. It builds character. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it can't just be me, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that, that's the other thing. And growing MPN, you know, it can't just be me. It's other people. Other people have other ideas, better ideas, different ideas. And and it's just fine. You know, like I do enough traveling, um, you know, I got a trip coming up, you know, I got to go to state in about a month. I'll be gone for like 4 days and and that's fine, but I'm not thrilled about going, right? Like I'm not like, oh right, I can't wait to go. <laughs> you know, like it gets just gets old. Um, it does. It just gets old. It just um and and yeah, and it's and it's hard, but yeah, I mean, it's um Yeah, and and it's also, you know, I don't know if you feel this way, but as you go to some of these meetings, you know, you you really, you know, you begin to get you get you get a different sense of things, you know, and who's who's legit here and who's not, and who's really on board, you know, and who's kind of not, and um and so yeah, that's that's something too that's hard as an advocate because you got to walk that line, right? You're there, you know, trying to advocate for whatever, maybe policies or programs, funding, whatever, contracts, RFPs, you know, there's all kinds of things. But, you you know, you're trying to do that. And then you begin to see as you go to more and more of them, you begin to see how some people, they're kind of just all talk and they kind of show up to meetings and it's just a lot of lip service to things and not a lot of follow through,
1: definitely, like so much, like in the beginning, you're just like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm here, I can't believe they asked me yeah. to come and yeah, and then, you know, after so long, because we get invited to be involved with a lot of different things, so we just yeah. really gotta pick and choose and yeah, um. I tell you what. Something that I learned before I got in recovery is listen to my gut. Because yeah. anytime I and it kept me alive. It kept it yeah. helped me survive.
0: Yeah. And
1: yep. if I'm bringing a lot of that into these spaces, anytime I go against my gut instinct, because we get we get on this path of recovery and bettering ourselves. And, and, you know, yes, I get it in the past before recovery, people not being legit and people Mm -hmm. being up to things. Right but it makes me feel like that's even worse like you have no excuse <laughs> you're you're that way sober right. like right right
0: right <laughs> right and right.
1: so it really took me by surprise when i first started noticing like dang yeah. these people really have an agenda
0: yeah and it might yeah. not be and it might not be what the topic of the meeting is their their agenda is ulterior motives that they're not being honest about yeah
1: yeah and it's a lot of self-serving yeah self-serving or yes. or for their organization agency and yeah. we know like the behavior health field is very cutthroat like everybody's going out oh, with yeah. this contracts yeah. and
0: yeah yeah
1: but um <laughs> Yeah, we just recently had something like this happen um, in a meeting I was in last week where the person that was um, having us all come, you know, we all went through this huge process of getting interviewed and all this. And Mm -hmm. um, we're like at our third meeting and I had the lady come up to me and say, you know, how do you feel about so and so I'm like Mm -hmm. I feel like because they weren't there that day and I was like I feel like this is a more comfortable space and like Mm -hmm. everybody can be heard and we're not just hearing them Mm
0: -hmm. talk about their business and right 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of talking at you not with you hey, come and be a part of this, and then you just sit there, and they just tell you what they're doing without actually asking for your input at all. That's, yes. that's That was a big eye-opener for me, because not only was I involved heavily with stuff in Montana, but there was out-of-state stuff, too, right? Other organizations, you know, these quote-unquote advisory councils, you know, and you think, oh yeah, sure, I'd love to be a part of that. Okay, you know, and then you just sit there. Like, there's this one through the state of Montana DPHHS they have, and you know, the thing is like four hours long, and they don't ha- they don't talk to you the entire time. For three and a half of the four hours, they don't talk they don't talk with you. They talk at you, and they just tell you. And I'm like, what am I doing? This isn't an advisory council. This is right. basically, I'm in the audience listening to what you're doing, which is fine. You can do what you want, but you can't present it as an advisory counsel. An advisory counsel is, I'm here to strategize with you. I'm giving you my expertise to help guide you or mentor you or whatever, right? Train you. And that is something like I'm super hypersensitive to now because- My time is valuable. Just my time in general and my expertise, I'm not as willing to just give it away because I wasted so much time sitting on councils where they don't even care what you think. They don't, they got their own agenda. They're bringing to the table, telling you you're on some advisory council, but there's no advisory. There's no, there's no guidance going on. Right. Yeah. That's, that's when you make that realization, <laughs> it happens, you know. I don't like it's hard. Like it's like, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> what am I what well, am you I doing? Start,
1: you start losing your faith in the system because you're like, oh, they like they're taking a person of lived experience up in recovery or been yeah. in the criminal justice system or yeah you know behavior health conditions they're asking us to come and be a part of this or be this you know all these different sectors of the communities or the state and taking taking their outlook on what we're saying it's not us making an action plan
0: yeah
1: it's them taking what we're saying Twisting it into really what they want to do. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm grateful that this most recent one I'm on is totally not like that. Like they let That's us good. talk. That's good. And they and she's like, I'll lose my job before I let let <laughs> them come <laughs> nice. in here and tell us. Yeah. And I and yeah. I know her. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty. I know her fam. One of her family members really well, and she's yeah. the same way. But yeah, I've gotten so sitting on a couple of the same subcommittees. Um I've gotten multiple emails from the public that said, Hey, I didn't even get a chance to talk. Hey, that was very power driven. Yeah. Almost scripted.
0: Yep. Yep. Oh she, yeah. She's like, oh, I yeah.
1: thought I thought it was like almost scripted. And I'm like, yeah. I'm really sorry you felt that way
0: yeah
1: and when you're on the so that's why I love being able to work like work for you because you help educate me and guide me and have you have me ask myself these questions you know to get me to think and yeah and I realized real quick that um that's not how these are supposed to work and they,
0: no, they no they're not <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not at all yeah 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 exactly right they're not they're not supposed to work that way you know that um i think it's very you know right now it's very they you know the, the the buzzword is peer support you know the whole nation right everything's peer support peer support so like you're saying you have a lived experience and it's like oh, oh we need to get a couple of those people on our council you know right And then you go and you join and then you're like, okay, I just sat here the whole time and I didn't really get to have any input or I do get input. And then you twist it around into something else. And that doesn't feel very good, doesn't feel very uh, productive. And, you know, I just think it's this buzz thing. It's this buzzword now. So you got to, you know, peer this and peer that. And you can tell the difference, you know, you can tell the difference in the people who are truly committed and who and who aren't. And um, and this is a real challenge, you know, and this is something we don't talk much about with peer advocacy, right? We're always about like, here's how to advocate, go get involved with this and go get involved with that. And, you, you know, but man, there's so much lip service paid and it's more than just, um. It, it's more than just with peers, like you said, like public comment, you know, having meetings available so the public can show up. They don't even tell the public. The public can't show up because if you don't tell them when your meeting is, if you don't have that posted somewhere, how do people know when the meeting is? They don't. You so go you to went,
1: that website and you just get lost. Yeah, and you
0: can't find anything. You can't find anything on that website. And that's the way they want it. They don't want a bunch of people showing up because they don't want to hear what other people have to say and and it's and it's true all over I, I mean it's really it's true all over that's just a lot of it is just to put it down in some report you know the feds loved you to have advisory councils but then you know there's no there's no follow up on it there's no you know like what's the value of it if you're not actually listening to what people have to say you know and so it's really it, it can get quite discouraging sometimes if you're not on a good if you're not on a good council that's true and even if your opinion differs from me I still want to hear it I want to have a discussion about it. it's okay if we have different opinion we don't have to all agree
1: yes that's we had a discussion all about that uh and that's where I learned like because that's how we run that advisory council is mm-hmm. even the minority gets heard yeah. and even their idea gets written down in the minutes and yeah. yeah. And um, there's a lot of, and this you had, when you were talking, it was making me think like about a conversation we had recently. There's a lot of implicating recovery and peer support because there's a lot of funding behind it. Just Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of money in the MMIP stuff now, or there's a lot of Mm -hmm. implicating Mm -hmm. in the MMIP Mm -hmm. movement too, Mm -hmm. because there's money behind it. And so Mm -hmm. we're running into a lot of wolves and sheep clothing.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been totally infiltrated now with people who are just after the money and that they're not they're not actually interested in change real change that makes a difference you know the it's like it's like if you're going to do something not only not only do you have to hear all the different viewpoints and 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 put it all together kind of the nuts and bolts of it all but it's not just about funding it today it's about funding it into the future so it sticks around right so we have this issue have been happening for the last number of years. The feds keep pumping tons of behavioral health money into the states, right? So the states are getting all this money. And one, they're not equipped to handle all the money. They, they don't have the ability to handle it. So they take individuals, they can't fill their positions, they can't, they can't fill all the job openings. So they get people who aren't qualified, right? They don't have a process in place to handle the money coming in. So then you have both things, there's process and people and you have both things aren't functioning correctly, but Hey, we have a pile of money to go spend. So then they just shove the money towards something, you know, whatever. And there's no sustainability. There's, there's no plan really in place. It's just, Hey, we got this pile of money. And along the way, as you do this longer and longer, you begin to realize money disappears. You begin to realize, oh, what happened to that project we were going to do last year, that million dollars from last year? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Let me look. You know, everybody's looking around like, where'd that million dollars go? Don't know. But we were going to do it last year, but it never happened. So where did it go? If you allocated the money, where did it go? Poof, it just disappeared, you know. But now here comes another two or three million from the feds. You know, the feds are pushing a lot of money towards MMIP, peer support, mental health, substance use. But I don't see a lot of sustainability in any of it. Right. And, and, and that's going to, you know, that comes back to bite you in the future. you right. Because you don't have the ability to keep and maintain these kinds of programs into the future. And, I don't know. I don't, that's, that's what I see a lot of what's happening now is we don't have people trained up competency and we don't have processes in place and we're not actually looking at how am I going to keep paying for this into the future? It's like, well, you got the money today, but down the road, we don't know. You know, because I don't I don't think we're going to be able to keep doing this forever and ever keep, fu- you know, getting all this federal money all the time for programs. Right. But I, right. I don't know.
1: And but a lot it, of like one thing I noticed within the state and probably not just Montana, but the turnover of.
0: Oh, like, yeah. The staff. staff. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. you get yeah. new
1: people in and they have no yeah. idea about really what right. it is that they're doing. Right. Right do they get
0: trained or no no there's no training program there's none there's no training none that's something that i've advocated for a number of times um is that i don't know how you can bring somebody in put them in charge of um, even just 1 1 million dollars and there, and i know new people who come in who are in charge of multi million dollar projects they they have no training they have no no i mean Number one, I mean, it's 15 years I've been doing this and I still don't understand the whole system, right? Like it's 15 years. How can you expect a new person, especially a young new person to come in and understand how the whole state system, how to navigate all that? You can't, you got to have an extensive training and mentoring program to help educate people And they don't. And so that, that, that leads to the turnover that you're talking about. People burn out, they get frustrated, they're not rewarded for good work and they just don't have basic competency, you know, along the way, they just don't have basic competency to be able to do it. And so you couple that with this broken process in how we process things at the state level. And now you really have a problem because you have a problem in both you know, sometimes one can overcome the other, a problem in the other, but you can't if you have both. And it's super frustrating. And for the advocate, every time there's turnover, you have to begin the process all over again of getting to know the person, of trying to educate them, of trying to, right? And then by the time you do that, a year later, they're gone. And then the new person comes in. And then we start the process all over again of, relationship building and trying to get to know them and it's super super challenging and so when you do find like the council you were talking about when you do find a good one like that you got to put all your effort into that you know and some of these others you just have to kind of you have to just sort them out and be more choosy and say no i can't be a part of that sounds really great but i can't really be a part of that because they just take up too much of your energy and time, and and they're not productive in the end.
1: Yeah, I was really excited about this one, and like, one thing I noticed, like the different areas that I've partnered or worked with of the state, they're all like so siloed, and where one side of the state, like let's say, DOC could really utilize something dphhs or the behavioral health end of the state
0: Mm -hmm. has it yeah 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 like why don't you yeah yeah families families the work around families same thing yep yep
1: and i'm like i'm just i'm just me but I'm seeing this stuff and I'm like, well how yeah. do you talk to this person and Right. Right. A lot of it's just connecting people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Yeah,
1: it sucks when you like ha- work to have faith back into something that you didn't have faith in. Mm. And then you see wow, they that was all an agenda.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Sucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, the uh, all that siloing that takes place and people with their budgets and their staff. And I mean, even the staff between departments, they don't even hardly talk to each other either. You know, within the same departments, they work on projects and other people work on projects and somebody else in another division works on a project. And they don't communicate. And that's one advantage, I think, as the advocate we we see that because we're looking at it from a distance right and we get to see this person this person and this person are actually all doing the same thing and could work together but they work in different divisions or whatever and and it's just yeah it's really it gets really frustrating and i i said this you know recently at the the family uh panel when we were talking and you know it's like how you know, like we, we can barely keep up with it and understand it. How, how do you expect a new family or a person with a mental illness? How are they supposed to navigate the system? How 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 would that even happen? It can't happen. I mean, it can't happen. And we're only in Montana, which is small. Imagine in California or New York or like some bigger like You know what I mean? Like we're we're in this small place with, you know, a little over a million people in our state and our government overall is, is small really. And it's so confusing and it's so, you can't find information on the website. You can't, and it's such a close knit circle when the meetings are, there's trainings taking place. There's all this stuff. You can't even, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard. And as the advocate, it's like that passion that we have, that's what sustains us through, keeps us going. But boy, it gets challenged at times. <laughs> it definitely gets challenged.
1: Well, we get burned out and, you know, there's, it's hard to find somebody that's like pure at heart and like, Yeah. what you see is what you get
0: yeah yeah
1: and so i think a big thing is like navigating who it is you can trust because we need systems amongst ourselves yeah like we need um like because i know when i go to you like i'm i get on fire again you know or you know having multiple just like in recovery we need strong systems within our advocacy, too. Strong voices. Yeah. yeah. And there's strong voices that have the right thing to say and this and that, but it's not for the right reasons, you find right. out later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that for sure. But I don't know. We We push on. We're kind of a crazy bunch of people, really.
1: <laughs> I know we
0: put up with all this stuff driving all over the place and sharing you know sharing the worst times of our life sharing those publicly with people and you know
1: right like,
0: you know, like other people don't do that if you're not in recovery you don't go to work and do that i mean right people people hide that stuff they don't they don't share it
1: Kathy and I were just talking about that when we were on the way to Montana border crime control conference. She's like, Leah, it's one thing for me to go, but she's like, but you're talking about some deep stuff within your life. Like that's going to be tiring, but you learn to like, I don't know. i I think it's healing but it depends on your audience too and it depends on like the energy in the room too yeah yeah because you could feel like wow they just totally used me
0: yeah yeah you know yep yep it
1: could be that like the first time I was ever given a platform to talk about things it wasn't for to help me right but now you can I can kind of sense that or feel that yeah yeah but yeah. Oh, speaking of that, uh, Kathy was saying that she heard this like statistic that people in recovery give back like seventy some percent or people that are not in recovery give mm. back like wow. 30 something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, I don't know for me, it's, you know, I, I want to keep seeing the system change and improve. And I've been through, uh, you know, different administrations, different governors, different, you know, right. And, it, you know, and honestly, it's the same battle it was through all four of them. It's like, you know, because the system is broke, the process is broke. And so it doesn't matter. You can change the names all you want but it's always the same frustrations. It's the same thing. And it's like, that's one thing I've learned now over the years. And it took a little while to realize that because you always think, well, if we could just get this person out of there get that person in, everything would be better. But it that isn't really true because the system itself is, is what's dysfunctional, you know? And so you put, you can put a different person in the, into the slot, but you end up with the same result. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, it's just different for us as advocates. And I think as non as a nonprofit, I think other nonprofits probably relate to this. We're we're so much more nimble. We can change and we can adjust much quicker. And we're willing to look at how we operate and make adjustments on the fly to keep improving. Whereas when you talk about this big state system, it's like it it just doesn't want to change. It wants to just stay the same, you, you know? And that's really really challenging when you begin to realize that uh, that system is so ingrained and so set in place it's really hard to do you know you can shuffle the pieces around but real change you know what we're talking about real change because the system here in montana doesn't work for doesn't work for the, the people, the individuals with the diagnosis, the the, pe- the families, it doesn't work for the providers. It doesn't really work for the people who work at the state either. It doesn't work across the board. It's very dysfunctional. So I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not a person who has all the answers, you know, but I am a person who's willing to sit there and have discussions about how to find solutions and and what can we do to move it forward. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely, it's tough. And the longer you do it, man, it, it can grind you down, right? That's what Lawrence always says, talks about, you know, the grind, the grind of it, you know, it's. He's, that's
1: what he said last time tough. I talked to him. He said, I'm on the grind right now. Yeah, you know?
0: it's tough. It's tough. That's tough.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Well, we always, we always fill the time pretty quick. I know you and I, we do, we could do a lot of, we could do a lot of podcasts. You and I, we could fill the, <laughs> fill the time with, with lots of, lots of topics. So, right. Um, but this was good. This was kind of different talking about advocacy and some of the real challenges that we're seeing, but you know, you're doing great work and you keep it up and you know, we'll keep working towards positive change. Okay. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Jim.
0: you're welcome and thank you the listeners for tuning in and catch us again on another podcast every single week we're talking about recovery and peer support and advocacy and mmip and all kinds of great topics um keep tuning in that's why we keep doing it thanks bye-bye there's always hope recovery is possible recovery works
1: there's hope in recovery healing takes time recovery, recovery needs resilience and you can get through anything recovery works recovery.